ライダー、仮面ライダー、ライダー、ライダー、ライダー、ライダー、仮面ライダー、ライダー、ライダー。Hello and welcome to the long awaited episode 14 of Rider Break. This time around, we'll have my first impressions of the latest Super Sentai and Kamen Rider double feature Juden Sentai Kyoryuger, Gabudin Show of Music, and Kamen Rider Wizard in Magic Land. The film had its nationwide premiere today, August 3rd, 2013, and as usual, I went to the first showing at my local theater. I've got a lot on my mind at the moment, so I'll try to break it down and start with general thoughts, then move into spoilers and plot details. As well as answering some questions from you loyal listeners out there. And after that, you'll get to hear about just where the heck I've been all this time.、Uh, so let's get to it. Okay, first off, I should say that going into this movie, I really didn't know what to expect、uh, because I haven't really been following the news as far as the wizard part goes, anyway. I knew kind of the basics of who was going to be in it. Like, I, I saw the pictures and everything, I had a vague idea. I knew who wasn't going to be in it,、uh, which we'll talk about later. But I really didn't have any expectations or anything like that. I just I kind of went in saying, yeah, it, it should be pretty good. We'll see.、Uh, and actually, I was a bit more excited about the Cure Ryuja movie just because of what I heard about it, that it was going to be a musical, which really intrigued me. Now, I haven't been watching Cure Ryuja regularly. I do catch the last couple minutes of it、uh, every week before Wizard. And I'm probably going to start watching it after this just because I'm really intrigued about what's going on with the whole the new、uh, violet colored ranger and everything. And I mean, I, you know, I like it okay. It's just, it's one that, you know, it's on at 7 30 in the morning and I, I tend to watch stuff live these days. I'm not really into downloading or anything as much anymore.、Uh, so. If I miss something, it'll be like, ah,、uh, whatever. I mean, unless it's Wizard, I'll, I'll get caught up on Wizard. But even like Ultraman Ginga, I'm two episodes behind on that. Although I, I do want to catch up. But I'll probably start watching Kyoryuger from here on because、uh, I, liked, I liked the movie a lot. I'll get into that more. But it was kind of the one that I was going into with the most expectations for, I guess you could say. Whereas with Wizard, I just kind of knew, well, I like Wizard and it's a Wizard movie, so I'll probably like it. Um, so, when all is said and done, both movies were a lot of fun. They were really good. I kind of came out of it, though, with the opposite feeling of how I had going in. Like, I went in really kind of excited about Kyo Ryuja and, and okay with Wizard. And after seeing the movies, I, I had to say, I thought the Wizard one was fantastic. It was really good. Although, it, it did kind of. It had a strange conclusion.、Uh, I'll have to get to that in a bit. But it, it, compared to recent Rider movies, which have a real massive sort of spectacle final battle, you know, with loads of CGI and, and you know, cutting between different Riders fighting, stuff like that, this one really kind of came down to two guys fighting in a basement, which was,、uh, was cool in a way. It was, it was very kind of old school, I guess you could say. It was, you know, a, a big. A big epic battle being fought on a very, very small scale, but、uh, it, it was pretty good. Now, the Kyo Ryuja movie, I guess probably the way to put it is that I liked it a lot, although it wasn't exactly what I was expecting. 
I think, you know, I'll just come out and say it that the musical aspect of it is not nearly as prevalent as you might be thinking. You know, I was I was going in expecting full blown like characters just break out in a song, and you know, there's dancing and and singing and stuff like that. It's really not like that. It's more that music plays a very big part in the movie because it starts off at this uh, pop star concert where the bad guys attack and then the characters all show up and it's a really cool introduction. Um, one thing that I really liked about this movie is that they found a way to make the dancing transformations, which, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it, but it, it is one of the parts of the show where it, you know, the first time you see it, you're like, what the heck are they doing? You know, dancing around and all that. But um, in this movie, they found a way to integrate it really well, which I like. Like, there's one part where the red guy is transforming and he's he's dancing around, but he's also dodging like this boomerang weapon. It's really cool. But yeah, music plays a big part in the film, but it's not a musical in in the sense of, of like, like I said, what I was expecting. Like, it's not the Fies hyper battle video, <laughs> we'll put it that way. Uh, there is one part where the villains kind of get this impromptu music video that's just like dropped into the middle of the film, which is funny. But uh, really, it's more about uh, the music and how it's it's important to the story, and, and particularly with the new uh, mecha that they introduced. The song, there's a song that um, recurs throughout the film, like the, the Kyoruges all get to sing at one point. They But they do it sort of... It, they do it like as part of the plot. Like they don't just break out in a song. They're like, "Hey, remember that song?" And then they, you know, one guy starts singing, and everybody else joins in, that kind of thing. And it's important at the end to to a, a part of the the story. I guess I'll I'll leave it there. I don't want to spoil it, but but yeah, it, it you know it it was certainly it was musical. And one thing I noticed is in a lot of the fight scenes, they would always sort of play a song with vocals. Like almost every action scene had a full musical accompaniment, you know, not just background music, or whatever, but it would, it would be one of the songs I'm assuming from the show or maybe, you know, new for the movie or whatever. But so, yeah, it, it was definitely musical, uh, just maybe not the kind of musical that I was expecting, but it, even, you know, with that said, it was a lot of fun. Uh, this was a Sakamoto directed film and, and actually I feel like he kind of reined it in on this one. It wasn't, it wasn't like, uh, you know, if you were one of those people who wasn't as hot on Ultimatum or or even, you know, even Megamax or any of his recent movies where he does he does have his excesses or his, you can call them excesses or you can call them his sort of like trademarks. Uh, and there was a little bit less of that this time, I thought. There wasn't quite as much uh, until maybe the final battle. Like the, the final battle, there is, you know, everything you want. There's the slow motion flying motorcycles. There's explosions out of nowhere there's plenty of uh thigh shots of the the new villainesses that they have um but i don't know I, I, like overall it, it was it felt a little bit more like actually my feeling kind of while watching it was like if i didn't if you if i went in not knowing who directed this i actually may have not guessed it was sakamoto until maybe the final battle like for most of it it's a lot more kind of traditional i guess you could say uh, but but it's good overall. Uh, you know, it was it was a cute little. It was a fun plot. The villains were really cool. Like the new villain, uh, Death Ryujer. Uh He was really cool. Uh, neat neat costume, neat idea behind him. Uh, yeah, overall it was just it was a really fun little movie. I mean, as the Sentai movies always are, 
I find. I, I've never seen one that I outright disliked. I mean, at worst, they're just sort of like, well, this is something that they could have done on TV, but they they did it with a slightly bigger budget, so there's more explosions and stuff. Um, like last year, like the, the GoBusters one, I liked it fine. You know, it, it wasn't anything that, like, changed my mind on, you know, this is the greatest movie ever, anything like that, but you know, it was it was okay, and and that's the same thing with this one. Like if you if you're a fan of Cure Ruger, you will love this movie because it's got everybody doing what they do best, and they're all having a great time. And uh, as as always, I really like Cure Ruger Gold. I've only actually seen him other than a few times in the show in the um, Superhero Tyson Z movie or Z, and I liked him a lot in that, and I liked him here too. He's just he's a really interesting character because i take it that he's supposed to be like a a kind of a samurai type guy by the way he talks and and the way he sort of carries himself but i don't know he's just he's a lot of fun like i enjoy seeing him show up but but i'm I'm really kind of getting used to the whole team i mean that's why this is curious just one i'll i'll try to start watching uh from here on because at first i mean it was okay I, I, I like the first episode and everything, but it was, you know, it was that sort of thing where it's like, do I do I really want to follow this? You know, did, am I really that invested in it? And, you know, everything looked all right. But now, certainly with what they're doing on the show with, uh, I think, Cure You Violet, um, or, you know, I'm sure I'm getting the name wrong, but that, that character anyway, uh, and the idea of transitioning so it's now a woman and and that they're sort of making a big deal out of it you know the way they usually would with an additional like a six range or something i think that's really cool uh so i'm gonna check it out just just to see how that works out but as far as the movie goes it's a lot of fun there's not a whole lot else i can say on it other than like spoiler stuff or or with questions and things but because it's it's short you know it's the shorter of the two but it was uh, it was a blast. It was it was great, and yeah, if you're if you're a Kyoto fan, then you're in for a treat with this one. Just don't don't go in expecting like a full blown musical, uh, in the sense that you know they like have a song about this is my dino gun and stuff like that. It's it's not quite like that, but it is it is pretty cool. Now, when it comes to Wizard, uh, this one was really interesting because I. I mean, we might as well talk about it because it's it's kind of well known by this point, I think, because it's it's been announced on the news sites and stuff like that. And that's that uh, Gaim does not appear in the movie. There's no other riders. It's all wizard all the time. So in a sense, it feels very much like one of the earlier 2000 movies, just in, in the fact that it's, you know, it's just wizard. And if you don't like wizard, then you're kind of sunk with this one because there's, there's nothing else for you other than wizard. And I know Wizard is is a very divisive show. Now I'm one of the people who I am still loving it. I I enjoy it every week. It's definitely it's got its problems, and you know I'll I'm sure I'll have a chance to kind of hash those out with with the folks on HJU Radio. But yeah, overall, I mean I, I'm still liking it. I I think it's a lot of fun. I enjoy Wizard himself, the character Haruto. I like his his world and his sidekicks, uh, and this movie. You know, in the in the way that writer movies should, I think it kind of encapsulates everything that I like about the show. Although at the same time, it's also doing something very different, and that's taking Haruto and Koyomi, 
from the TV universe and throwing them into this sort of alternate dimension. Which right away, that kind of set off a few alarm bells in my head because alternate universes are very hit or miss for me. I honestly, of all the things I've ever seen with like a parallel world or anything like that, the ones I tend to like the best are actually stuff like Decade where you have a character who is, you know, an outsider who is going from one world to another. And, you know, in Decade's case, he was doing it for a whole series. Uh, or, or another example is the Super Ultra, Super 8 Ultra Brothers movie, I think it's called. Uh, the one in Yokohama. <laughs> that's that's how I remember it. Which was really cool because he had Mebius from the TV show and he's interacting with these alternate versions of Ultraman that he knows and, and some that he doesn't. Um, and it was it was pretty it was cool I liked it uh, with a lot of the earlier 2000s writer movies like Paradise Lost or, or Godspeed Love even uh, you know or even some of the alternate ending ones like Missing Ace and, and Episode Final I mean I like those just fine but I think if I you know if I had to choose I I tend to like stuff that involves the TV characters because those are the ones I really get connected to those are the ones i you know i care about what happens to them you know i mean like godspeed love is a lot of fun but it just it goes hog wild with killing characters off because they're like well it's an alternate universe it doesn't matter they can die and then you know get resurrected at the end or whatever if if you believe that that version of tendo is the the true one in the tv show i, I don't know it's confusing but <laughs> i like it it's 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 a fun movie but i do i tend to like I tend to like stuff that involves a TV show just because the stakes feel a little bit higher. Like if, you know, in this movie, you, if Wizard is in danger, and he often is, uh, I, you really feel the, the, the full impact of it because it's like, oh, wow, this is, this is heavy duty. I mean, that, that's kind of the, the feeling I had with this one is how the heck are they going to get out of this? Like it, it really is that kind of, and I love, I love that feeling in, in a movie when the threat and the just the uh, the situation is so great and and so intense that uh, you really wonder like how how are they going to solve this? And I, again, when it's the TV characters, it it matters more because you know they've they've got to be able to survive the movie so they can appear on TV next week. That's the way I look at it. And so with that said, actually, this movie did a really good job of making me care about the alternate universe. I mean, it, it, and it's funny because it sort of sets it up as something that by its very nature, it has to fail at the end. It can't continue on. And it's a little hard to explain. And even I'm not entirely sure how it works, but, but basically the, the villain in the movie, Kamrider Sorcerer, he creates this alternate world I think he creates it or he, he travels to it, but the he has a ring at the beginning that clearly says create. Uh, and then by the end of the movie, Haruto's like, we're going to have to destroy this world to get back to our own. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not really sure. Uh, I got to see it again to get the, the whole plot memorized and everything. But it is uh, it is interesting. It's it's really cool how they did it. And they really made me care a lot about the alternate version of Beast. I'll get into him a bit more with the spoilers, but they really... He's basically almost the same as the TV Beast, which was good because, again, I could really connect to him and, and care about what happened to him because it felt like our Beast, if you know what I mean. But, yeah, overall, I mean, it, th this one was a really good movie, I thought. It was really solid. It 
I kind of felt like it was, I mean, I, I don't know, going in, I had this weird gut reaction where I was like, I, I feel like this is going to be like, oh, it's wonderful. And coming out of it, I, I still feel like that. I mean, there's there's some superficial plot similarities. Like there is this thing about there's a kid who's trying to find his mom. But I guess what it really comes down to more is that like, oh, it's wonderful to me. I liked it because it was a very kind of gentle movie especially compared to the, the you know the film that came out before it was Let's Go and the one that came out after it was Megamax and those are like big time spectacles you know uh, I, I love those movies I, I, that's my favorite kind of Rider movies the big spectacle with tons of guys appearing and multi-layered plot and all that stuff but I, I like the simpler films too and to me that's what O's Wonderful was it's a very simple movie I mean it's you know the almost kind of bare bones i guess you could say but but i like what's on those bones is the way i'd put it uh so it, it was like that if you like wizard then I, I think you'll like this movie a lot because it's it's wizard to the extreme um and i'll get into that in a little bit more with with spoilers and stuff but basically there's yeah there's there's magic all over the place. I mean, the, the title is not a lie. It is Magic Land, that's for sure. Everybody's <laughs> doing magic, and there's some very cool magic. Uh, but, yeah, it was a good one. Um, I don't know if I'd say it, like, shakes up the list or anything. Like, you know, I'd put it as the best writer movie ever, or <laughs> anything like that. Um, but, I, you know, I think it's it's perfectly fine for what it is, and it's it's a lot of fun. And there was actually a pretty good twist in it that... I think most people will see coming. I didn't see coming at all, and I really liked it. Uh, but I'll I'll save that. Uh, as you can tell, I'm I'm kind of just bursting to get into the spoilers. So, you know, final thoughts overall. Both were a lot of fun. Uh, you know, like I said, I went in really excited about Curiouser and not as much about Wizard, and kind of came out the opposite. Although that's not to demean the Curiouser movie at all. I mean, it's it's perfectly fine it's it's a it's a great little flick um it's just it's probably not as crazy as i was thinking it would be whereas the wizard movie was actually much crazier than i was expecting it was a lot wackier but it was it was a good kind of wacky that i enjoy so both of them are really good definitely worth checking out if you're not as keen on wizard though i would say you probably don't need to watch the movie because it doesn't get into too much about the storyline on the TV show. It really is kind of its own side adventure. I mean, it it's tied into the TV show in the sense that it's the TV version of Haruto and Koyomi showing up. But they're, they're having their own little adventure off in another world, and there isn't a whole lot, if anything, relating to, like, the white wizard or, or mage on the show or anything like that, which I was okay with. I didn't mind, although I, I could see being a little disappointed in that. But uh, it's, you know, I don't think it's going to win you over if you're not a big fan of Wizard. But if you are, then it's definitely worth watching. It's it's a lot of fun. But uh, they both were. So, you know, 2013 summer movie, I give it two thumbs up. Okay, and from here on, I'll be getting into spoilers and specifics, and I'll be answering uh, some questions that you guys sent in. I'm not going to summarize the whole plot or anything like that. I mean, you know, I want to leave something for you to, to enjoy when you watch the movie for the first time. But I'll, I will sort of get into specifics about what happens in the plot and stuff like that. So uh, as far as the Kyo Ryuja movie goes, 
the Death Ranger character I really liked, although I thought there was something really funny, was they, they reveal who he is by the end. You know, you kind of don't know exactly what he is for the longest time. And then he pulls off his helmet, and it turns out he's a monster. And I'm not sure if it's a something from the show or, or alluded to in the show or not. You know, sorry, that's that's my lack of Kyoryuji knowledge there. But I thought it, what, what was really funny was when he pulls the helmet off, the mask that he's got underneath, there's no way it could ever have fit into the helmet. It's this kind of almost like predator-looking thing with dreadlocks and stuff. It's, it's really cool. But uh, that, that part kind of made me laugh. But yeah, he was a really cool character. I liked his weapon. It's sort of this, it's a boomerang, but it's also a flute. And there is a part where he plays it, and it sounds vaguely like uh, Dragon Rangers from uh, Zaya Ranger, which is funny. Not quite the same, but, you know, similar, a few similar notes. Uh, but he was really cool. But, uh, yeah, th- that was a fun movie overall, like I said. it's um, There isn't a whole lot else I can really think of that, that you could spoil with it, other than, you know, it's, it's one you just got to watch yourself. But there was some cool bits. Probably, uh, I have to say, though, one of my favorite scenes was at the end, the end credits, when they all start dancing, you know, as they do on the show. And, of course, since this movie, everybody's got to dance. So you got the villains, you got the heroes, you got background characters and all that stuff. And then at one point, you actually see the characters from the Wizard movie dancing, too, which I thought was really cool to, like, stick them in there. Uh, that That was a lot of fun. But uh, let's see. Uh, I'll get to a couple questions that people had about that one. Um, I went on to Twitter and Tumblr and Facebook, and I got some questions from everybody. And uh, they'll have some wizard questions in here, too. They're just they're kind of mixed around. A lot of people asked uh, questions about both, which is cool. Um, so I'll, I'll do them both together, and then I'll sort of close out with some more thoughts about the wizard movie. Okay, so uh, Yui Khan asks, I hope, I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, um, how did the Kyoryuger take control of Spinodayo from Death Ryuger, and is there an explanation for where the double and D, uh, sorry, W and D Judenshi come from? I, every time I see W now, I pronounce it double. Okay, Kyoryu Red, he defeats Death Ryuger. They have kind of a one-on-one fight. And then everybody sings the the big song at the end. There's the you got this pop star character who uh, Curie Red knew in the past, and they got to save her. And she and the Curie kind of come together and they they sing, and the song actually turns the giant robot good. Uh, so there you go. That's that you know the power of music right there. Now at the end of the movie, they actually give her the one of the batteries. I think it's the D one. I'm not too sure, but. Yeah, I think it's a D one, and uh, I, so I don't know if it's gonna if it's gonna come back into the show. It probably will, I imagine. But they gave it to her as like a keepsake because there's this whole subplot where he gave her a necklace years ago, and it it falls off during the the opening fight. So then he's got to return it to her, that kind of thing. The double or the W. <laughs> Uh, battery that just kind of comes out of nowhere like he has it in the final battle and he does it and he gets the two dinosaur things on his hands i didn't know if that was something that's been introduced in the show or not but there wasn't really any kind of explanation why other than you know it's the final battle and he needs it so there you go Uh, a theme that will recur again in the, the wizard movie 
And they do talk about the D1 as being like one of the first ones made. And you get this flashback and there's this whole, whole thing about how the, the dinosaur robot that it connects to was all crazy and like out of control. And then the song calmed him down. Like the, I think the pop star is supposed to be the ancestor of of an ancient person or something like that. Again, this is, you know, I'm, I'm kind of watching this blind. Like I don't know if this ties into background in Kyoruja or not, but... Uh, I'd like to know, actually. I, you know, I, I'm really intrigued by the backstory in the show. I love their boss, the uh, the bird guy, like the wise old sage bird dude is is really neat looking. Okay, um, and uh, for wizard, does Maya use mage at all? Maya is the king of the magic country, and he's a really interesting character because when he's first introduced. He's behind a curtain, so it's kind of like Wise Man. You know, they're going for a connection there. And they really kind of want you to think that he's Sorcerer. Like, going into this movie, I think everybody knows who Sorcerer is because we've seen the pictures of him. But they kind of go for this fake-out thing where everybody thinks that Maya is actually Sorcerer. Uh, But then it's revealed that no... He has the belt in the ring, but he can't use magic. And they have this whole flashback where, like, ever since childhood, he hasn't been able to use magic. So anytime it appears he does, it's actually Sorcerer. He's kind of worked out this scheme with them where he's like, I'll make you look powerful uh, and you just do everything I say. He Sorcerer is sort of the, like, the advisor, the, the Grand Vizier kind of character. And there's a really cool twist with him that I'll get to in a bit. But... Uh, yeah, uh, Maya himself never becomes mage. Everybody else does, though. Everybody in Magic Land has the power to become mage. You know, Rinko, Shunpei, the donut shop people, Wajima, yeah, everybody pretty much. So it's cool. Uh, and are Haruto and Koyomi the only characters who appear from the series proper as opposed to being Magic Land versions like Shunpei and Rinko? Uh, for most of the movie, the TV versions, everybody, they do appear for the ending credits. So you do see the real Shinpei, the real Rinko, the real Nito, that kind of thing. So that was cool. Okay, Bueno RX says, Can you come down to Tokyo to hang with me and the boys of Garage Hero as we watch the movies, then head down to Tokyo Dome City and review the movies at Double Hero Matsuri, followed by a Kyoryuja Wizard stage show at Prism Hall? Uh, I wish I could. <laughs> I wish I could. But sadly, over here in Osaka... Uh, there's there's a lot to do as well, and um, train fare to Tokyo is a lot more expensive than I remember it being. Uh, a bit of advice for anyone traveling to Japan: get a JR pass, get a JR pass, and then go on the Shinkansen from Osaka to Tokyo and back, and it basically pays for itself. It is the greatest thing ever. Uh, sadly, if you are living here, like if you're a resident, which I am, you cannot get one. So. <laughs> Uh, but maybe maybe someday I would love to. Uh, the guys at Garage Hero, they do their own reviews. They've got a YouTube channel. I'm sure they'll be doing a review of the movie, so check that out and check out Gun Caliber. That's the film they're working on. Okay, thanks for the question, Bueno. All right, we got a bunch of questions from Uncommon RX. Uh, there seem to be a lot of RXs lately. Does it seem that the uh, Magic Land plot is paralleling the Wizard series finale? Um... I don't know. It's hard to say because they certainly did a lot of things in this movie that that surprised me. One of which was they include all the phantom generals, you know, Phoenix, Medusa, and Gremlin. Uh, there are the alternate versions of themselves, you know, so they're they're different, and they actually they all get killed. Uh, Wizard and Beast take them down in a big 
two-on-three fight. And uh, and that scene's cool. That's when Wizard uses the Drago timer, so he sort of he splits up, and I think it's uh, land and water defeat Gremlin, and flame and hurricane defeat Phoenix? Or maybe not. I might, I might be mixing those up, but I know flame defeats Phoenix, at least. I remember that much. Uh, and and he's dead. Like he doesn't come back after that. But I guess that's how the the whole thing is that in the magic world things work differently. Like Beast isn't powered by phantoms; he's powered by just sort of this magic force that everybody has. And you don't pay for things with money; you pay for it with mana. Like you take the your hand with the ring and you put it on almost kind of like a one of those touch things, you know, that like charges cards or. Uh, or like it, actually in the in train stations they have that like I whenever I ride the train I've got a uh, an Ecoca card uh, which you put down on this touchscreen thing like you know like the Deno belt and that takes money out of it like you charge up the card with money with cash and then you can diminish it. There's probably a technical term for all this that I'm completely forgetting right now and blanking on, but you know what I mean. Um, but they do that anyway in the in the magic world they don't use money everybody uses mana for goods and services and yeah it's really it's really cool um but as far as uh how it parallels the show or the series finale i really don't know it's hard to say other than the fact that you know both involve mage or mages uh yeah i don't know the show i i have no clue where it's going i'm really excited to see the last couple episodes but uh We'll see. I, I think they're separate, though. That's that's my gut feeling right now. Um, does everyone use magic in Magic Land? Yes. And that is one of the things I thought was really cool. As soon as they get to Magic Land, they see people flying around on brooms, on flying carpets. People use, Everybody has the rings and everybody has the uh, drivers, like the mage one. And they they use magic for everything. Like There's a part where like a guy uses the phone ring so he's talking on the phone or a guy uses a barbecue ring and he creates fire and like they're having a cookout outside i mean it's really funny there's there's one part where like a mom uses like connect to like reach through and like grab her kid and pull him along and <laughs> there's all sorts of wacky stuff like that and in the alternate world uh beast he's like this professor of ancient magic and he spends his free time catching mayonnaise bottles, which apparently uh, live in rivers. So, you know, he's catching a wild mayonnaise, basically. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. They, they do a really good job of making this, this strange, bizarre world that's very close to ours, but very different. Like when the phantoms show up, the phantoms are almost kind of like pests in this other world. They're not really like the same sort of threat level they are usually. So when one of them shows up, you know, with the ghouls and everything. Like, Rinko just flies in on a broom, and she's like, this is a police matter, I'll handle it. But then everybody else is like, ah, we'll help out too. So you get this huge battle of, like, Shunpei and, and the donut guys and everything, and they're all fighting. It's really funny. And, and you know, of course, the whole time, um, Haruto and Koyomi are just like, what the heck is going on here? It's, yeah, it's it was cute how they, they did the magic stuff. And it's also, it's important to the plot, because what sorcerer is trying to do and and maya they're kind of in cahoots and they want to drain magic from everybody like destroy all magic 
which is kind of a weird thing to do in a world where everything is magic. I, I'm still not <laughs> quite sure how that works out. It makes sense when you... There's another layer to the plot that makes more sense. Um, I'll get to that, but... Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, let's see. Arnito and Harto in those fancy duds via dress-up, or did they just change the clothes? Yeah, they use dress-up. There is a point where they got to sneak into the castle, so they dress up as the sort of palace guards. And, uh, yeah, they, there was a lot of really good use of the magic in this movie. Like, even right from the beginning, there's a part where Wizard's fighting Sorcerer on top of a building. He gets thrown off, and he uses Bind to catch himself like the chains reach out and catch him in midair and then he jumps back onto the building and i thought that was really cool so they did a lot of stuff like that where he'd use the magic rings in kind of creative new ways uh and and everybody gets to use the magic rings like there's a part where where shunpei uses big so his hands get giant and he catches somebody there's a lot of stuff with uh, Sorcerer loves using explosion. Like he uses that a bunch of times to like blow everything up or lightning. He shoots lightning bolts. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. But yes, they use the dress up ring. I was, I was happy to see them remember that. Uh, how did you like the mage broomstick staff? I thought that was a cute idea. And there's a chase scene where a bunch of mages on the broomsticks are, are going after wizard on machine winger. And that part was really cool. That was a lot of fun. One thing that I thought was really interesting is they kind of made it a point that when Wizard and Beast are fighting the mages, because I mean, they have to by the end of the movie, because they're basically renegades and, and the mages are out to get them, uh, they try not to kill anybody. Like, I don't know, maybe one or two towards the end might have gotten it, but for the most part, it's like, you know, uh, Wizard shoots the broom out from under the guy and that explodes and he falls on the ground like, ugh, but... It's not like he's actually trying to kill them, which I thought was interesting. They really did sort of try to make it out to be like, the only guys that we kill are phantoms, and, and these guys are regular humans, so we'll let them, we'll, we'll just beat them up, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, that, that was a neat touch. What are your thoughts on the mage suit? Uh, as far as mage goes, I think it's a, it's a good henchman suit more than I think it's a good rider suit. I mean, it's like, it's a cool design, but to me, it just... Something about it with like the giant claw and the spiked shoulder pads and the kind of uh, the very uniform dress look of it, uh, dress uniform, I should say. It just, it, I don't know, to me, it, it just screams like henchmen. Like it's a great henchman design. Whereas, I don't know, I, I guess the riders, I like to be a bit more distinct. I mean, I don't know, it's not a great, because then you got stuff like Ryuki where they they share a lot of common elements, but I don't know, it's hard to explain. I mean, I like Mage, but I just, I think like in this movie, after watching the movie, I realized that I, I like how the Mages are used in this movie, and on the show, I really wish that they'd given Mayu more of her own costume. I mean, it's cool to see her become Mage, that's, that's great, but I wish they'd given her something slightly different or changed it more or whatever, just because I think... The design of it, it makes more sense in the movie of them being these sort of mass-produced guards or just regular people turning into them. Whereas, like, that character on the show, I think she's much more of an individual and, and more unique. So she kind of, she needs a, her own suit. Yeah, but, but overall, I mean, Mage is cool. If they do a figure arts, I'll, I'll get a couple for sure. All right, now from the always awesome Frogman. Uh, I guess my only question would be, how good is the music in Kyoryuja, and should musical tokusatsu be a thing? Well, uh, like I said, I thought the music was good, though, you know, not nearly as prevalent as I thought it was going to be. It was... 
I wouldn't call it a musical movie. I'd call it a movie that had a lot of music in it. You know, with musical sequences, sure, but not not really the kind of full-blown musical that I was expecting. Um, I'm kind of repeating myself now, but you know what I mean. But it was good, and I wouldn't mind seeing them take it further. Like, I'd really love to see just a pull-out-all-the-stops tokusatsu musical. I mean, <laughs> I think it'd be really funny. You'd, I know we've kind of had things similar to that. Like, some of the stage shows uh, have gotten pretty close. And, of course, there's the Fi's Hyper Battle video, which is very musical. But, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see them try it again. I, I think Kyoryuja could pull it off. I mean, if they ever do another movie or, like, a, you know, Kyoryuja Returns video or something like that, maybe the Hyper Battle video for them, or, or whatever they're calling it now, uh, they might do something. I, I don't know, but... I I certainly wouldn't mind seeing it again. Okay, Tokugami. Uh, is Magic Land in continuity with the rest of the show? I'd say yes in the sense that it's a side story. It it could happen anywhere in the show after Haruto gets Infinity, basically. And, uh, yeah, there's there, I don't think there's anything in there that, like, negates anything in the show. But it, it really is its own thing. It's like, this is the adventure that happens for Haruto and Koyomi between, you know, this week and that week, that sort of thing. It it doesn't have any real bearing on, on the series beyond that. Okay, and from G Savior has a whole bunch of questions about both. For Kyoryuger, according to the preview video, Plezuon appears in the ending dance. Does it appear in the mecha battle or only in the end? Uh, I think it was in there, but there was a lot of mecha running around in this movie, so I'm not 100% sure. I, I was actually trying to look for uh, everything, you know, where impossible. I was like, okay, was that in the movie? Was that in the end? That sort of thing. I mean, there's one part where, like, two robots come out of nowhere, and Death Reader's like, those will be the arms of my giant robot. <laughs> I wasn't sure if they were already on the show or they were new to the movie or not. But uh, yeah, that I it was probably in there. I'm just not sure. I I bought the official like pamphlet, and that says that it's it appears. So I'll have to watch it again to double check. Uh, none of the other uh, extra rangers were in the movie though. I mean, it was just the main six and then Death Ruger. So it, it didn't have anybody else. But I don't know. Again, you know, since not being as familiar with the show, I'm not sure if you would expect them to be in it or not. But uh, there you go. Okay, was the musical part forced in, or does it actually flow right with the film? Um, I would say, you know, I thought it, it probably could have been integrated more, but I don't think it felt forced either. I, it, I, you know, and again, I, I, I hate to keep repeating myself, but it really just comes down to the fact that I going into this thinking it was going to be all music all the time, and it, it, it really isn't. It's really, it's a pretty straightforward Sentai movie that's got some musical bits uh and as far as how they worked into the film i, I thought they worked fine you know it, it never felt weird like why are they singing now or, or anything like that like it, it always made sense with the plot i mean the only the only really kind of out of nowhere part is when the villains the um i'm not sure all their names but it's it's the three main it's three of the main ones that aren't the the main guy or like the angry dude it's the, you know what I mean? The other ones, um, they get this this funny little like song and dance number, which was just kind of thrown out of nowhere. But it it was cool. I di I didn't mind it at all. So I don't know. Um, but it, I don't think it was forced. I thought it it felt pretty natural, 
and it's such a it's such a musical concept already i mean with the dancing and the the you know the song that plays when they transform and everything it just it to me seems like it's a very i mean i know there's the whole like samba influence and all that so i i thought it all fit in fine okay and as for wizard does it feel like the fight choreography is similar or better than the fight choreography in ultimatum uh that's a really good question because the director of this i believe his name is nakazawa he directed the first episode of Wizard and a couple more, I think 13 episodes so far. And he's done some Kiva, but he's mostly done Sentai, Sentai movies and the shows. I think this is his first writer movie. Uh, and it's really good. I mean, it's got a style. It's I'd certainly say it's comparable to Sakamoto. Uh, and, and that was actually, I mean, a lot, I remember when Wizard started, a lot of people were really praising the fight choreography and i i think it's got a lot to do with him i i gotta say um i believe he was a an assistant director on the forze movie or he worked on it in some capacity anyway and so in, in a way i i wonder is he uh maybe not an understudy but at least he's from the same kind of school of thought as sakamoto and 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 this film definitely has it it's got it's got the exciting the same kind of exciting kinetic feel to it you know, not all, not quite all the same touches. Not as, not as much slow motion or or wire work, or anything like that. But uh, it's, you know, it's it's good. I like it a lot. I guess they had to do some wires for the brooms and stuff. But uh, I don't know. I'll I'll need to go watch it again. I'm I'm psyched to go see this one again for sure. But yeah, I'd like to see more from the director. Uh, and better than Ultimatum, I don't know. I, different, similar as good maybe that's kind of the way i think of it i mean good in its own way maybe i guess if you didn't like ultimatums as much maybe you'll like this more because it's 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 sort of that it's a meeting ground it's between the more traditional style that you'd see from other directors but also the sakamoto you know who has a very distinct feel i think more so than than a lot of directors you you know when it's a sakamoto movie usually until until Kyoruhujira, I guess that was the exception. But usually with the writer stuff, anyway, you know, and it's him directing. So uh, yeah, I don't know, but I liked it. It was, it was good choreography overall. Okay, how is the finish strike obtained? Yeah, the power of rings. Like you know how they they came out with the special movie ring set, right? It's got the one for uh, Wizard where he gets Infinity Dragon. Uh, and then Sorcerer's kind of final attack. I, I know it had a name, but I think he just calls it The End. Like, he's like, this is the end. And those come right out of nowhere <laughs> during the final battle. Like, Sorcerer pulls his out. And he's like, you know, you're finished, Wizard. And Wizard's like, oh, yeah? Well, get a load of this. <laughs> and he, he pulls out the ring and becomes Infinity Dragon. I guess the closest thing I can think of, in, of for an explanation is they're in a crazy magical world where everything's different. And there is kind of a part where Haruto, he, he's on the verge of despair. He's like cracking up. I mean, because everybody is. Uh, that's really cool. But he kind of fights it off. And he's like, hope is stronger than everything. So there. And suddenly, you know, he can pull a magic ring out of nowhere. So it doesn't really have an explanation that I can remember. But it's pretty cool. It's certainly, it's not featured nearly as long as a lot of the final forms in some other movies. You know, like... Uh, Fusion States had a lot more screen time than 
Infinity Dragons. It's really just kind of there for the final rider kick, pretty much. And it's cool that he, he's got a rider kick in Infinity style. That's that's neat. Okay, where in the show canon, if there is one, does this film fit around? Um, I need to get caught up in the last two episodes, actually. I haven't been <laughs> behind, but... Uh, I think any place, any time after he gets Infinity in the show, because that's as far as, I mean, there's no, you know, there's no White Wizard, there's no Mage or anything like that. But they're not mentioned. I mean, like the TV show Mage, they're not mentioned at all. So, yeah, any time after Wizard gets Infinity, pretty much it could fit in. Are the form changes used well or just tossed around like trash? Uh, I'd say the forms in this movie were used pretty well. They did a lot of, like I said, with the magic. They did a lot of clever things. Uh, one scene I really liked was Wizard gets thrown out of a tower and he goes from flame to hurricane to sort of break his fall because, you know, hurricane can fly and everything. So that was cool. And I think he used all, almost all of them. I mean, maybe not all dragon, uh, which, which <laughs> seems to never get used, but... Yeah, I mean, he used all four of the dragon ones when he split up. He used uh, Flame Dragon a couple times. He used all the basic ones. During the final battle, they really kind of went for the, you know, almost the double forever when he uses all the different forms against Eternal. Not not quite as cool. I mean, that was a really cool scene, but he does get to use all the basic ones. Like, there's a part where he gets blown into a wall, and then he comes out as land, and... Uh, there there was a really cool moment where he goes into water and then Sorcerer tries to stab him and it just goes through because his body's all made of water now, you know, Bio-Rider style. So, uh, yeah, I thought they did it They did it pretty well. And they worked Beast Hyper in there nicely. Uh, if you're a big fan of uh, scenes where the heroes are untransformed and holding their weapons, there's a part where Nito shows up and starts shooting guys with the gun, you know, the, the Beast Hyper gun, and that's cool. Uh, and, and speaking of Nito, I gotta I gotta get on to him. That's that's basically it for the questions. Uh, thank you for everyone for asking those. Those have really helped to keep me going and and make me remember what was in the movie. You know, or keep my memory jogged, as it were. There actually is. Uh, I I have to apologize to Eric Henry on Facebook. He's been asking a ton of great questions that unfortunately do not tie in directly to the movie. But I'm going to answer them all on the next episode, I promise. I will devote a huge segment just to getting through them all because there's some fantastic questions that I, I can't wait to talk about. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to just keep it to the movie for now, for the, for the people that want to listen to you know what I think about the movie and, and don't care about anything else. But there you go. Um, but yeah, sorry, sorry, man. I, will, I promise I will get to them in the next episode, which will come out sooner than it, the time it took between 13 and 14. I promise that much. Okay, yeah, but, but two more things I kind of want to bring up, just of my own observations. And one is that I was saying how uh, this movie really made me care about Beast, the, you know, the alternate universe Beast. I mean, I, I love Beast on the show, of course, but going into it, it's like, well, it's an alternate universe, you know, whatever, they, they could probably kill him off and he'll be alive, fine, anyway. But actually, you know what they did? There is a scene where you think Beast gets killed. He gets in a big fight with Sorcerer, and he appears to blow up. And I was like, oh, man, that sucks. Like, why? You know, I, I like Beast. He, I, and, I, you know, especially because uh, everybody else kind of treats Haruto a little bit, you know, suspiciously in the alternate world. Like, when he first shows up, like, Shunpei doesn't know who he is. Ringo doesn't know who she is, and she tries to arrest him. Whereas Nito, almost from the get-go, he's 
100% ready to, to side with Haruto. Like, he believes him every step of the way. He'll help him out. There's there's some really good scene. I mean, there's a whole scene where uh, they have to go into somebody, you know, do the um, the underworld thing. And they go in together, which is really cool. And they fight this giant double-headed dragon. So I think what this movie really kind of does is it it's a good reminder of why Beast exists, <laughs> I guess you could say. Because one of the things about the show... Uh, one of the sort of the, the complaints that I can kind of understand is the fact that it's really Beast. It sometimes feel like he feels like he doesn't really have a purpose, in the sense that, and I've kind of felt this too that it feels like they're doing a one rider show, or they were for a long time, and then they have White Wizard and Mage, and and they're kind of a bit more important to the overall plot. But there's a lot of stuff that Beast does that that Wizard probably could do himself. At the same time, though, I really like Beast as a character. I like Nito. I like Beast and his powers and all that. But it it does sort of feel like he's he's there because they got to have a secondary writer. That's just how things work. More so than because the writers really wanted to have him. So they kind of do with with, with you know, they do with him what they can. But uh, I think actually lately lately they've been getting better. Like I, one of the, th- the best decisions that they've made was having Beast and White Wizard not get along, like almost from the get-go, the first time they appear. White Wizard doesn't like Beast, Beast doesn't like him. And I love how they've been building up this kind of animosity between them to where they have that big fight and everything. That's really cool. But still, like compared to characters like Excel or Meteor, where they had they came in with a story to tell. And that was sort of the thing. I, I, another thing is they all came in... I mean, if we just talk about it, like in recent years, both Excel and Meteor, they came in when they came into the show. They had an enemy that they were seeking out, and they also had a sort of a benefactor, a mysterious character who would go on to become even more important by the end. And then, in the case of Birth, what they did, which I thought was clever, was they had a character who came in who already had connections to pre-existing characters. Like Date came in, he already knew Doctor Maki who had been on the show. He already knew Goto, kind of, who had been on the show from the beginning. You know, so he felt very, he felt like a natural addition, all that. Whereas Beast really sort of came in on his own. He appears around the same time as Gremlin, but they're not really that connected, I'd say. And, you know, aside from like those early episodes where Medusa's kind of, you know, talking with him and trying to sort of get him to fight Wizard and all that. Uh, he's He came in with no real objective other than he's got to eat. He's really hungry and he's got to eat something to you know to keep the manticore at bay. And even that, or sorry, the, the chimera, I should say, the chimera at bay. And even that has kind of been somewhat forgotten about, I'd say. You know, it's not really the issue it once was. And then as far as like a mysterious character, you already had White Wizard around to begin with. So that's why I think it, it feels very natural that Beast and him are starting to have this rivalry because... Usually that's a good thing to do, I think, is if you're going to have the secondary rider, tie them to the mysterious guy in some way. You know, you had Excel was sort of working with guidance, I guess you could say, from Shroud, or Meteor was definitely working with guidance from Tachibana, that sort of thing. Uh, and that's 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 cool. That's a good way to, to give them more involvement in the the greater story i guess you could say because in a lot of cases with the secondary writers uh, you know again with excel and meteor it would have been very easy to be like well you know they fight their big bad guy and then that's it they they've got nothing to do uh now some might argue that's what happened but 
I don't know. I, I thought they I thought they were integrated well. And and again, you know, going back to Beast, I like the character so much that I don't mind any of this. But I do feel like I don't know. I just I kind of wish that he'd gotten his own like arch villain or something. That that maybe they'll do that. Maybe by the end, you know, they'll have Wizard will fight Wise Man or whatever, and it'll be Beast who gets to finish off Gremlin. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping they do something with that. But getting back to the point I was trying to make, and that is that. In this movie, it really reminds you of why Wizard needs Beast to help him out sometimes. He needs he needs a partner because Harto, he's uh, he's the kind of guy who thinks he can do everything by himself, but he's often put in situations where he's over his head and he needs Beast's help, or he needs somebody's help. And in this case, he needs Beast's help. Uh, so that was really cool. It, it was really cool to see. But anyway, the, the original point, now that I've gone through about three other tangents... Is that yeah? They they there's a sort of there's a scene where they you think that they've actually killed off Beast and then he comes back with a big heroic moment near the end for the before the final battle, uh, and I was actually really happy to see that. Like again, even though it's an alternate universe and all that, uh, I just I thought it was really cool. Like it was a, a real kind of punch the air moment for me. Um, so yeah, Beast in this movie he rocks. He he gets some good stuff. Okay, and the other thing, finally, I've kind of been dodging around this, but it's uh, Sorcerer. i got to talk about Conrad Sorcerer because they did something with him that I thought was really cool. Might not be as much of a shock to most people. I mean, it was one of those things most people would probably be like, oh, yeah, I figured that would happen. I, to me, it was a complete surprise, and I loved it. And that is that. For most of the movie, when Sorcerer appears, he's already transformed. You don't see who he is. Like I said, they, they try to do this thing where you they make you think that Maya is going to turn into uh, Sorcerer. He's the guy, he's he's the king, he's all dressed in white, and then he's got his buddy who's all dressed in black. And what he's doing, what Sorcerer does, is he goes around and he kind of sucks people up into this weird rainbow-colored tornado. And it turns out he's taking them and sort of draining them of their magic to power this. They have this big machine in the basement of the castle, which is in in one of the like the film's almost insanely dark moments. They go down there and they see it, and it's got like this tower of skeletons, like just bones on top of bones. I mean, it's this horrific looking thing. And the you know the aforementioned kid in the movie, it turns out his mother got sucked up and she's one of the skeletons now and she's actually she got this flower ring that he made for her which is important in the final battle wizard uses that the flower ring to save his butt um you know of course it's a happy ending inevitably because you know they get to undo everything and all that but um yeah it's a really grim moment and they use this big machine to suck out all the magic of everyone but then what happens is it also starts, it makes everybody, like, everybody start to crack up. Like, Wizard, Beast, you know, uh, everyone except Koyomi, because she doesn't have magic powers. That's sort of the thing they keep bringing up, is that in this world, everyone has magic except Koyomi. And then the kid, after Haruto and Nito go in and save him, like, once they, you know, they defeat the Phantom with him, he loses his magic abilities, but he's not affected by this magic wave thing at the end. And even the Maya dude is like, wait a minute, what the hell's going on? I, I didn't agree to this. And it turns out that Sorcerer is actually a phantom. It, it seems like a very kind of simple thing, but it did not occur to me at all. The whole movie, I was like, oh, he's just going to be some evil dude. 
and you know he wants magic power whatever but making a phantom actually makes a lot of sense because they suck out all the magic from everyone and replace it with despair so suddenly the entire world starts to break open and turn to phantoms i mean literally like haruto himself nearly splits open it's it's a really intense moment and I thought that was just a really cool idea, was to have, we have this evil rider, and it turns out he's also a monster. I mean, it's, it's very old school, like uh, the fake X did it, or the fake Sky Rider. I mean, it just, it adds another layer to the character, I think, that makes him a bit more interesting than just, you know, evil jerk with a belt. The fact that he's also one of the monsters, and he's been using this king, he's, he's sort of like piggybacking somebody else's evil scheme to initiate his own, which is to create a world of phantoms. So that was really cool. And then and and kind of to, to save the day, what has to happen is Haruto defeats him. But in the process, that will cause the whole world to collapse because it's the world that we, uh, Sorcerer created, you know, in the very beginning, more or less. He, he created his existence and somehow kind of tied to holding it all together. So, you know, uh, Haruto goes to, to the king and he's like, sorry, dude, but this world has to be destroyed if to save it we must destroy it that kind of thing um you know and then it, again like i said it's a happy ending like the kid and his mom exist in the natural world and even king maya he's he's a regular guy in the normal world and he falls in love with some girl and that kind of stuff during the credits but still it's it's like it's a pretty intense uh it, again it, to go back to godspeed love it almost reminds me of that where it's like you know we created this world where just chaos reigns and everybody dies stuff but we'll go back in time and fix everything and you know <laughs> everyone in the normal universe is is okay it's it's that sort of thing um it's crazy but yeah i don't know just just having him turn out to be a phantom and i'm not sure if they said what kind he was you see him very briefly like you see him in phantom mode and he's got the belt on that he becomes sorcerer and then right before he dies he turns back into it and i just thought that was a really cool twist to me i mean maybe not not that big a surprise, but it just it was a nice way to sort of rationalize why this guy is an a, an evil rider, I guess you could say, or an evil magic user. I don't know. I, I liked it, and I'm really I've really kind of grown fond of the sorcerer costume out of this movie. I mean, going into it, I thought you know he's he's okay, but he's got the mustache, he's got the pointy hat. You know, he's he's sort of like what we all thought Wizard would look like. I think before Wizard was revealed. Uh, but he's really cool. I mean, he's he's interesting in how he's not a major presence through most of the movie until the end. Um, you know, he's not like like Eternal was sort of the the closest thing I can think of where he's he's all over the place in that movie right from the very beginning. And this guy, we don't even see who he is. I mean, who he really is until right before the final battle. But he's he gets enough characterization, I think, that he comes across as a really interesting bad guy i mean he's very kind of simple straightforward wahaha i'm evil gonna make a world of phantoms but uh i don't know i like that i like that he's just an unrepentant evil guy but he's also very smart he he's kind of been manipulating everybody i guess just the only shame is the fact that going into it we all kind of knew who it would be already i mean if you've been following the the news and the pictures at all like i you know even the like japanese news sites were like you know so and so will be playing kamar sorcerer that kind of thing then a bit of the surprise is gone but it's still it's still cool to see how it all unfolds but yeah like i said at back at the very beginning 
the final battle in this one is interesting because it's not the usual big spectacle. Like the big kind of CGI mega fest happens about halfway in. Then at the end of the movie, uh, Beast is fighting some mages and, and he's like, go, you know, and, and Harto goes up to the tower and becomes wizard and he fights Sorcerer and that's it. Uh, and, and beats him and, you know, the day is saved. So it's it's a lot more, when I sort of said it was similar to early 2000s Rider movies, I guess in the sense that a lot of those would end on a kind of slightly lower note than how they would start out or or be through most of the movie. I'm just thinking like, you know, in Project G4, to me, the big fight of that movie is there's halfway through when G4 first appears, and then there's kind of the big, you know, multi-stage battle at the end. But even that, I mean, sort of like the climax of it is when Agito defeats the Queen Ant, and then you've got the fight between G3X and G4, which is, is more of this sort of tragic moment, really, than a, than a big heroic final battle. It's not quite like that. Maybe Maybe a better comparison would be in episode final the final battle is ryuki versus ryuga and that's pretty cool that's that's got you know loads of action and cgi and stuff but it's much more small scale than the huge fight in the movie which is halfway through that's the one when all the riders are fighting and kanzaki shiro sits down and starts playing the organ for no reason other than to create a good you know soundtrack to go along with the fight but it's that sort of thing where i'm just thinking you know if you think back to the forze movie it just kept escalating and escalating to this final massive battle between the Kyodine and, and fusion states, which is just, just this explosion of color and CGI and everything. It's just like totally crazy. And that's sort of what we're more used to, I think. So this was, it was different. I liked it, but it is a bit more subdued, I think, than the usual final battle. I mean, now they're still doing some pretty crazy stuff because they're, they're pulling out magic attacks on each other and like i said there's a lot of really cool stuff going on but yeah uh overall you know it was a a blast both of them but uh yeah the wizard movie in particular that was the real surprise for me i i went in thinking it was going to be okay and i came out really liking it a lot Uh, it was it was a fun one now as far as gaim i can understand why they wouldn't have put him in because the whole alternate universe thing is confusing enough already. I thought they might do something where it'd be like he cuts his way through reality or something with the giant orange slice. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, it, it was a little bit of a letdown that he didn't appear in some capacity. The only thing we got was at the very end of the movie, you know, after the credits, they have the kind of like the still card. So it's like not, not no moving footage or anything, but it's like, this December, it's Kamen Rider Gaim and Kamen Rider Wizard in a movie war which uh, I think we already knew from a few days ago that there'd be a... We knew there'd be an announcement of a... Or we knew there'd be a movie in December and chances were going to be it's a movie war and now it's confirmed. There will definitely be a Wizard and Gaim movie war. Uh, and who knows how that's going to work out, but it should be fun to see. I can't wait to check it out. Uh, but yeah, overall, uh, good flicks. And, uh, and I had a good time with both of them. Okay, well, that pretty much wraps it up for movie stuff. I do have a couple more things I want to bring up before uh, we close this episode out, and one of which, of course, is my extended leave of absence. Uh, I haven't really been talking about this too much on, on Twitter and all that because it's kind of personal, but it just it mostly revolves around my job, and, and that's going well and everything, but 
a couple months ago, I sort of got a, a kind of promotion in the sense of, of more responsibility and stuff like that. And it took a while to get going. I mean, it's all kind of this this long, boring story. But basically, you know, everything worked out fine in the end. But it just sort of meant that I was very busy throughout all of July and, and a lot of June and even a lot of May. And honestly, I wasn't even doing that much in those two months. It was it was more kind of waiting for things to happen or trying to arrange things to happen and all that. Uh, you know, basically, it, what it boils down to is just I've got a lot of stuff going on in my life, and I've been trying to figure out a good way to, you know, still still include website stuff and that because I really do want to keep this thing going. You know, I want to update more regularly. I want to do more podcasts. You know, all sorts of stuff. So right now, as I record this, I'm kind of uh, in the midst of my summer vacation because school's off uh, until the end of the month. So I'm really going to be doing my absolute best to try and get some stuff rolling, uh, you know, get things in place to where it's just easier to update because nobody more than me wants to see eagledevil.com be restored to its former glory and better. You know, I used to have profiles of the writers up and I want to get those back and more articles and stuff like that, you know, tons of stuff. Ishindamori week, I'm, I'm... doing the prep for that right now, watching the shows and everything. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff uh, I really want to do. And I, it, it, for me, it all just comes down to a matter of finding the time and balancing that out with, you know, everything else. I've, you know, I've got work-related stuff. I've got a social life, believe it or not. Uh, you know, I've got other other guys' stuff that I'm on. Like, I'm, you know, I appear on the Fooshcast all the time now and uh, HJU Radio. And, and those are a lot of fun. I love doing those. So, you know, it... I'm not blaming anybody but myself for my own inability to keep my website updated. You know, it's it's all down to me, and I will do my best to uh, to get it rolling again because uh, I want to believe me. But you know that. So there you go. So I'm I I apologize for the bottom of my heart for the gap between episodes. I'm I'm gonna try to get a new one out soon and and more regularly because I just invested in getting the new microphone. I got my Blue Yeti and. Hopefully it sounds okay. Like I said, I'm still getting used to it. I think I have a problem where I I may sound quieter sometimes because I rock back in my chair and I don't know how sensitive it is. But you know, I'll do my best to uh, to get everything working right. But it, yeah, I you know I'm serious about doing this podcasting thing as often as I can. You know, if when I I am able to, I will do it every week. Maybe twice a week. I don't know, <laughs> but certainly, uh, at least from Gaim, I know that much. From when when Gaim starts, I want to review it every week, because uh, that was always sort of the idea back when I first started. This was weekly reviews, plus more, because there's always stuff I I can talk about anything in Kamen Rider, <laughs> verbatim, ad nauseum, all the time, and there's there's plenty to talk about. It. I'm always happy to talk about it. So uh, we'll see, we'll see what I can do. Uh, and, and speaking of the Fooshcast, actually, if you haven't heard it, there was a special episode that I did with uh, Craig, host of the Fooshcast, and Linksara of the Low Visibility Podcast, uh, which you, you should check both those out. And we did a special kind of initial reactions to Comrade Gaim back when all the pictures were first dropping. So it's a bit old now because there's been a lot that has come out since. But, you know, go give it a listen if you can. That, that would I would appreciate that. Yeah, as far as, as my feelings on Gaim currently, I just, I can't wait for it to start. I mean, I like I said, I love Wizard, so I'm going to miss Wizard, but I'm just so excited by 
whatever the heck the show is bringing to the table because it looks completely nuts it sounds completely nuts but i'm i'm prepared to to love it if it's really as as good as i kind of hope it is I, I that's what i'm sort of hoping right now is that this show is going to be amazing and blow us all away and that in a few months time we'll look back and be like how could we ever have doubted this show i, I don't think that'll happen but it'd be great if it did i don't know I'm I'm excited though. It's it's crazy, but I'm I'm getting used to the designs. They're certainly crazy and yes, they're fruit and you got a guy with banana ears and and transformations with giant mechanical oranges and all that, but I don't know. I just I'm I can't wait to see what it what this show is like and especially the the two week gap where we have the TV specials. I wonder what those will be like. I don't know. I'm just uh I'm very intrigued by this one. It's going to be a trip, for sure. It's going to be a ride. It's going to be fruity. All right, and the last thing I want to bring up, uh, because I feel I should, and I've already written about it uh, on Tumblr. I did a post, and I'll probably be doing another thing, just because, I mean, it's such a a momentous... or It's such a major moment. Uh, But that is that over the past week, uh, producer Toru Hirayama passed away. And you really, you cannot overstate his importance as far as Kamen Rider goes. I mean, I, I say he's the man who created Kamen Rider. That's pretty accurate. You know, Ishinomori certainly as well. But, you know, if, if Ishinomori was the, the blazing fire, then Hiryama, he was the spark that lit it off. I mean, he was the Toei producer along with uh, Seiji Abe. And a bunch of other guys, uh, you know, Masaru Igami, my favorite writer of all time. You know, there, there's a whole bunch of people, but Hirayama, he was one of the two producers, and he was the one who really did a lot of the legwork in getting Kamen Rider off the ground. And not just Kamen Rider, but I mean, all the, the, the big shows that I love so much, all the Ishinomori co-productions, Kikaider, Man, Go Ranger, all those. I mean, he was instrumental in creating all those and he was always very hands-on about i mean lots of the 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 minor details and stuff come from him lots of the songs were ghost written by him episodes were ghost written by him in some cases along with directors uh in the case of amazon the first four episodes are written by a guy who doesn't actually exist because he's actually hirayama and one of the directors (laughs) writing them together but yeah it, it just um it's and you know in in a way it's like it's it's weird because he even i know he was getting up there he was getting pretty old and he's been out of the spotlight for a long time and he he's he left toei i think in 1990 maybe like sometime in the late 80s or the very early 90s so he hasn't really had much to do with Kamen Rider as most people know it i mean I, i i think it's fair to say most fans are probably familiar with the heisei series Maybe you know quite quite a bit more familiar with Black, uh, as opposed to those familiar with the oldest ones, the original through uh, Z Cross, which that's my favorite collective era of Rider, and, and obviously, of course, I love all of them. But you know, if if you broke it down into like who's your favorite, who had your favorite run, I guess you could say, you know, like like a comic run or, or a TV show run or whatever. Um, then for me, it was it was the Hirayama era. The, original through Z cross. I, I just, I love all those shows. And I think he was such a good producer and in, in guiding, you know, as a guiding hand and, and, and making them what they were and, and all the other shows he worked on. So, uh, 
yeah, like I said, I mean, he, you know, it's been a long time since he's been in the spotlight all that, but you really, you can't, you cannot overstate the guy's significance. I mean, he was, he was Toei's tokusatsu department for a while in the early days. I mean, he was around in, it, since the 50s, but he worked on all the, the 60s shows like Giant Robo and Akakage and, and those, and those are great shows, and they're really important in laying the foundation of what made Kamen Rider and Sentai. I mean, really, you know, other stuff too, like Ultraman certainly, but if you want to like, like see the direct line, it all starts with the 60s stuff and then goes throughout the 70s and into the 80s and, and beyond. So, yeah, um, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of a bummer that you know he's he's passed away and that's another one of the greats gone you know early this year we lost uh, Goro Naya the great leader and uh and uh Seiji Abe passed away last year last December so really like a lot of the people behind the scenes anyway of the old shows are 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 no longer with us and we're very lucky to still have Hongo and Ichimanji at least and, and Taki you know, not not to go on about it too much, because I, I think I already kind of, I've said my piece, uh, although <laughs> I can always talk about Hiriyama, because I'll put it this way. This guy, his enthusiasm and his, his love and care for these shows, and for Kamen Rider in particular, but, but for all of them, you know, you think about me, I am a speck compared to this guy. Like I, you know, Hiriyama, he is the kind of guy I aspire to be someday. <laughs> just his his depth of knowledge and his his love and I mean, he really he really believed in these shows. When when Kamen Rider lost its main star, when Fujioka got injured, and the the suits were ready to shut the show down, he's like, "No, we got to keep the show going." And they're like, all right, well, maybe we'll we'll have uh, Hongo get killed off or something. He's like, no, 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 you gotta, you know, you don't want to crush the dreams of children. You, the heroes have to live, you know, and and, and come back someday. And, and so, really, I mean, along with uh, Takeshi Sasaki, uh, the actor of Ichimanji, I mean, they kind of worked out how they were going to do this because uh, one of the sort of one of the things that that Sasaki sort of agreed to was like, all right, I'll take over the show until. Hongo can come back because it, you know, it's his show. I'm, I'm the replacement guy. That's kind of how he looked at it, and and yet at the same time, he also he totally made it, made it his own, and and became, to me, every bit as much the face of Kamen Rider as as Hongo is. But yeah, <laughs> Sasaki, he's a, he's an awesome guy in his own right. But we can talk about him later. Uh, but yeah, but Hiriyama, I mean, he he was the man. I you know, I say that a lot. And I tend to say that about everybody, usually when they pass away. But he really was. He was the man. And uh, I'm going to miss him. Uh, I, But, you know, the legacy that he's left behind, that will never die. You know, from I, I predict long after all of us are gone, people will still be watching the old riders and loving them. And watching the new riders and loving them. Of course, they'll be old by then. Uh, but maybe someday in the future they'll look back on the wizard movie and be like yeah that was a pretty good movie and uh that that ancient sage eager devil was right well i don't know about right but i certainly enjoyed it i hope you do too when it comes out months from now i'm sorry to say but uh maybe you'll get to see the net movies first and the net movies look like a lot of fun i really want to check those out 
uh, they they should be hitting sometime, maybe this year. I hope. I don't know when the DVDs of those come out in relation to when they're uh, put up online and everything. But yeah, I don't know. Fun, but uh, yeah. Thanks a lot, Hiryama-san, for everything. Uh, I'm going to miss you. Okay, well, that wraps it up for this episode of Rider Break. Uh, like I said, I'll be doing another one, hopefully soon, and I, I promise I'll get to all those questions. Eric, uh, there there are some great ones, and I, actually, I could probably do a whole episode around them, honestly, because there's a lot to talk about in there. So I'll do that. I'll do maybe like a mini or a shorter episode or something. Uh, and then at some point, I definitely want to get caught up on wizard you know kind of doing my own little recaps uh of everything that's happened this year uh, so that's yeah 30 plus episodes but hey i'm i'm ready to do it and uh and then we'll see what else happens this month and uh and beyond it certainly wizard's finale and those those two tv specials and and it going into guy there's gonna be a lot happening and uh, i'm fully prepared to do my best to try and and let you know what i think about it at least so uh there you go thank you so much for listening thank you for sticking by me and uh and being just you know great fans and listeners and uh thank you to everyone who asked questions and you know thanks for checking out the site and, and all my other stuff i'm on twitter on tumblr itunes everywhere uh thanks a lot and uh and have a great day and all that and and keep on rider kicking uh, I don't know if that'll be my new catchphrase or not. We'll, we'll, we'll work on that. But uh, there you go. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time.